0: What up, Metal Maniacs? You've got George here with an intro real quick. I know we said we'd be on break until February, but we had an excellent conversation with a newer metal artist who we think Judas Priest fans will really love, and we just couldn't wait to share this new episode with you. We covered some interesting topics on our almost two-hour chat such as standing out in the traditional heavy metal scene, how to make concerts viable in the COVID age, recording your music to your own creative vision, and, of course, Judas Priest. But I do feel like I should mention, Priest was not the main topic of tonight's episode. We had a much broader discussion about metal and whatever came to mind. So instead of calling this episode Talking Priest, I decided to keep it simple and call it Talking Metal. So there may not be a ton of Judas Priest in this one, but stick around, because this is a really fun episode. Steven is a cool dude, and his band Oath SC is awesome. Without further ado, here we go! (laughs)
1: Now, <laughs> nah, the only thing you see in the background here is gay Jesus.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a beautiful gay Jesus painting up
1: thank there. You. I have to say. Thank you. My wife, my wife painted that one. <laughs> beautiful. She's really thank, good, oh, actually. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, dude. Phenomenal. Like if you could see the room, the whole room is covered in her art. But, you know, for the sake of my of you guys not seeing what a disaster in my room looks like, we're not going to see that.
0: Tom, if you ever make an album, dude, I think you have to have your wife do your album art for you. Oh, straight up.
1: And we've talked about that, too. Like, she's more than willing to do it. Uh, And, you know, I'll tell you a little bit about that later. I mean, I'm trying to get something together right now. We'll see what happens
2: you can Shit, get it for free but- you should do it for free
1: 100%. I completely agree man like you know like our philosophy is always like we don't really do art for monetary purpose we do it because I, as well. Yeah. yeah Cuz <laughs> there's really not a lot of money to be made anyway. So <laughs> I'm glad it's the same in Scotland as it is in the, in the states. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually no that's quite sad. But either way, you know like yeah we've talked about that. That's coming down the pipeline at some point.
0: Fuck yeah, guys.
1: Anyway, so listen, gents, we got a podcast going. We got a guest that we are here to interview. So I say yeah. we get started. What's up, Metal Maniacs? You've got Tom. You've got George. You've got Steve. And you've got another, another thing coming. Ass- coming. <laughs> Close Hell <enough>. yeah, guys. <laughs> All <down>.
0: right. <laughs> so yeah, listeners, you must have noticed that we have a third person in the virtual room with us right now. And we are really thrilled to announce we are bringing you a cool Talking Priest episode. We're going to chit-chat with Stephen Waddell, the mastermind behind a great heavy metal project called Oath SC. And Stephen, how are you, man? And what are you drinking?
2: Good. I'm good, man. I'm drinking Jim Beam. Seeing as I'm speaking to the Americans, I mm-hmm. I'd nice. drink some American shit. It's not real whiskey, but you know. Listen, we man. make the real shit here. So. Yeah, <laughs>
0: well, I mean it's close enough. What do you but... like? You like Jameson? We got that here too. Oh, that's not nah, Scotland. Nah, that's man. Ireland. Whoops.
2: I am. I am a. I'm a Bourbon guy to be honest.
0: That's kind of in Scotland. That's like
2: anathema, and I will probably get my head kicked in if I say that yeah. in public. But <laughs> What's your? Don't really, <laughs> I don't really drink Scottish whiskey. <laughs> oh my God, that's 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 blasphemy
1: as far as as far as yeah, I can tell. Uh, but oh, fuck, it. I'm going to it, hell anyway. So what the fuck? Dude, well make it dude, you and us like. both. Fucking same, dude. I'll see you there. So, what is,
2: so what is your drink of choice? Wow, well, interestingly, it was Jack and Coke for many years, but somebody bought me a bottle of Jim Beam, and I think I've made the switch. Oh, okay. Weird, yeah. So, yeah, I guess Man, Jim Beam and Coke.
1: I have never been a Jack guy. I don't know what it is about Jack. I it's uh, it's not. It's quite sweet. It's not good it though. Like I, I but, yeah, but it looks cool it does look cool i mean listen <laughs> it looks cool it's, it, it's like it sounds
2: a, cool when you yes, order it at the bar
0: it's got yeah. like a sort of intertwined history with metal iconography especially because yeah. lemmy was always drinking it that's it if you drink if you drink a jack and coke you're lemmy straight up. basically, basically. That's it. <laughs> i mean you'll never be as cool as lemmy but you can like you can try you can try you can to pretend up them yeah do a halfway can... decent job
1: you can lie to yourself <laughs> no, we're derog- musicians. We
2: do that all the time.
1: <laughs> I'm really good at. Oh, I'm great at that, man. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs>
0: this and next album is going to really You do it are, for me. if I may say so, you're a pretty skilled musician, man. You've got two albums and two EPs under your belt. For our mm, listeners, I'm just giving a little preamble. So, your most recent full length is Computer Warrior, which was yes. produced by our good friend Trevor William Church, who has also been on our show and it has a damn good classic heavy metal sound that I think a lot of Judas Priest fans will love. Now, I'm hearing some Iron Maiden in there, but specifically first four albums through Peace of Mind. Yeah, yeah, I would
2: say so, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, early 80s kind of thing, but it shifts all the
0: time, man. It's like, I don't really want to be stuck in doing that mm. all the that's time. True. So I know that the next also did that amazing EP of synth reimaginings of some of those Mm -hmm. songs that came out last year and i thought that was really cool and i think that's something that more artists should be trying to get into like reimaginings of their work i think there
2: is a bit of a crossover with the synthwave uh community and the kind of trad metal community there's there's definitely a a link there um artwork there's a lot of a lot of work put into the artwork and the whole aesthetics of the the music, oh. which I think crosses over with metal and synth. And there's been synths in metal as well, man. Turbo, we're talking, you know, there's there's always been synths. It, so as long as you've got like guitars on it, I'm I'm down. So it was right. that was just like a, I think I did I think I released like a I think I put a song up on Instagram or something or Facebook and somebody said you should do a whole album and I was like, Well, challenge accepted so obviously I'm, not, I'm not doing an album but uh, the EP I kind of knocked out pretty quick and it was just a fun little thing to do it was cool I'm not going to be stuck in just doing one particular thing because if there's one kind of criticism I would have about the trad metal scene is that there's a million bands doing the exact same thing. Mm. So I'm always going to want to try and shake it up a little bit. Mm. Do, there's there's always going to be different influences. There's like as much as there's Iron Maiden, there's Journey as well. There's you know Magnum. There's punk. There's everything going to get mixed in at some point. So it's not just going to be one. One
1: thing. Man, speaking of trad metal, if you want to hear something really tragic, yesterday was the first time in my life I ever listened to Diamond Head, and oh, I n- I <laughs> dude, I was like blown away by that shit. I'm like, Yo, why hasn't Is anyone Lars
2: told teach you nothing?
1: They don't, man. I was like, Why hasn't anyone told me about this? What the Lars
2: fuck? Ulrich's been telling you for forty years? It's that uh, shitty snare sound. Everyone forgot what I was, was saying <laughs> after the <this> shitty fucking <laughs> snare sound. Lars knows shit now yeah diamond head are a great man we um my other band that are playing like an actual band band with other people is tantrum and we supported diamond head twice and they were so good man like, oh god i can sh- imagine sh- stupidly good um the singer raz is just like mm. sound check and it was like perfect no perfect everything and we were just like what the fuck that's amazing um Stood like, stage stage left, just, like, side stage, just watching Brian riffing away was, like, insane. So good. Great our like, tone.
1: It's got to be, like, a transcendent experience seeing a band like that that's been on the road for so many years, and they've just got their live performance down to a science.
2: They really do. Mm-hmm. And they're such a nice dudes as well. Like, Brian was really nice. I mean, that's like, at the end of the gig, he's, you know, packing his shit up, same as we were. No roadies or that. He's doing it all himself. Nice. Chatted to us for a while. Let me touch the V. Ha, it's, it's hell yeah. that's yeah, based. It was awesome yeah so he so, was i don't i don't know what based means something from scotland that's, oh
1: based what, based <laughs> ba- based is like having an opinion that's having, what we
2: do we do that to turkeys oh with brushes
1: <laughs> okay know. so based <laughs> is kind of like having an, having an opinion or be doing something and just being unapologetic about it oh okay
2: yeah it's I'm like based all the time I'm yeah based man
1: fuck. fuck yeah dude you dude you're like, Steve is based as fuck. It's like, you know, when you drink in and you're out in public and you go piss on a bank or something,
0: that's based. Huh. So it could so based could be good or bad. It, it, could, guess, yeah, it depends on what it, you're doing.
1: It, it, like I said, it's all relative, you know, like it, it depends on like your um, peculiarities, I suppose. Okay,
0: cool. Peculiarities that's, of which we have. I'm learning. I'm learning shit.
1: Yeah, man. This is a cultural exchange. So. So, Steve, I want to, what I want to ask you is, as far as trad metal is concerned, how did you get into that? Was it a thing where, did that evolve naturally for you? Or was it sort of like, did you happen upon trad metal and then derive influence from there?
2: When I first got into metal, trad metal didn't really exist as a yeah. term. It wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. So I guess I was into trad metal before it was trad metal. Sure. But um, first thing I can think, I, I can, first thing at the time I think I heard Trad metal use was like in the ne- sort of mid 90s, would it have been? And then it, they were talking about like hammerfall. Mm. Um and like the European scene. Because like over here, when I was getting into metal, metal was dead as fuck. Like it was deader than it was in the States. It was yeah. really fucking dead. It there was I was the only kid in my school drawing, drawing white snake logos <laughs> on my school books. So there was no one, <laughs> no one else. Sure. So it was um I think I heard. I think I read it in like a, a fanzine somewhere. So that was probably the first time I heard it. But um, as a kid, I kind of got into Maiden when I was maybe yeah, like 13, 14, which would really have came from kind of like mom and dad listened to Queen and Thin Lizzy, Leopard. Is that Leopard? Led Zeppelin. Too much of these. Um, not enough. Deep Purple. Not enough yet. Yeah.
0: Okay. Be, listen, he, man, Early Leopard, deep Leopard Ze- is deep nothing Zeppelin to be laugh. embarrassed about. Even later, um, Leopard. I mean, later they become a pop band, but at least it's good. I, st-
2: I still love Leopard. I, I up until up until Adrenalize. Really, after that, I went to shit pretty badly. But mm. everything before that, for me, is gold.
0: Oh yeah, like in my opinion, Hysteria is like the height of pop rock, and yeah. it even has like a little bit of reggae and R and B in there. They did a little bit of everything. And they Definitely sold a bajillion it. copies, so they they hit on something really cool by going in that like strange direction away from metal.
2: I think it's it's an interesting thing of doing doing a different thing within the context of another thing. If that makes sense. So, like in the context of a rock band, they sure. did all kinds of different shit, and I think that's that's when you get something original. Yeah, um, yeah. there's a lot of bands now, particularly in the trad metal scene, they are just doing trad metal within the context of trad metal. Yeah. And all
0: you're gonna get is more treadmail. That's the thing. So that brings me to something I wanted to ask actually. So what do you think are sort of the keys to setting yourself apart? Like I'll go on the YouTube page, like new wave of traditional heavy metal, full albums. And you know, your albums up there, there are hundreds of albums up there. Like, how do you sort of stand apart (sighs) from the pack?
2: Man, that's hard. Because there's there's just so much out there. I I don't know. For me, I think it was, I think partly with me it was the vocals, because I can't sing for shit. that's part of the appeal because mm. people are just now so attuned to listening to we're talking about pre like Halford, Bruce Dickinson that kind of vocal delivery that mm. when Can I came out it, it turned people's heads I think because mm. they weren't used to really hearing that kind of a voice yeah. Um, yeah. I think you would I would say the same thing about Haunt you were talking about Trevor earlier on Haunt is a very similar thing because Trevor's not got a traditional heavy metal voice more of like an Aussie kind of voice
0: he's got. That's right. Um, That's his biggest influence. He's told us, yeah, like more so than fan. Dickinson and Halford. And honestly, like when everyone's trying to be Dickinson and Halford, and you go a different way, then yeah, I agree with you. That's like we can use as much diversity as we can, or as as much as we can within the confines of this sort of. It seems like kind of a narrow style of music, it's very narrow, but only because people aren't trying enough new things. Maybe. Yeah, I think you could there's
2: bands in this kind of very small scene that we're talking about that have very clearly only listened to a few different bands that you can tell they're only listening to like heavy metal drinking Heineken listening to Slayer records which is great but I want to listen to like The Cure as well I want to listen to a fucking Duran Duran record and shit too
0: hell yeah why not man this is the year 2020 and people's music taste is more diverse than it ever has been and when you meet someone new, especially like in my age group, I feel like you ask them what they listen to. And every single person I meet says, oh, yeah, a little bit of everything, man.
1: Yeah, there's like not really, I don't really know too many people anymore that they just listen to heavy metal. You know, that was like when we were in high school more so.
0: Yeah, now, maybe think, a reflection of when you had to buy records and you couldn't yeah, afford to listen you to it. To much. Be diverse, you had no, to be able to pick it up.
1: You well, now with the advent of you know music streaming services, you can listen to whatever the hell you want to, it's all the same price yeah. every month.
2: Yeah, that's that's one of the few good things about streaming services. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah as up, I guess
0: it has its pros and its cons, right? It's not so good for the artists, but especially yeah. independent artists, but it does get you the exposure that you might not have had. So it's sort of like a trade off. It's like, well, it's they're paying yeah. me like less than pennies, but. Maybe at least 10 to 20 of these people who hear me are going to go buy a record that wouldn't have. So it's like, yeah, it's hard to really figure out hypothetically whether you come out better or worse from it.
2: Yeah, you'll, and there's no, there's no really any way to tell that. There's not really kind of any, you do have some diagnostics of it, but it's not really like maybe they did, maybe they didn't. So Anyway, that's a fucking whole different topic. Let's not get yeah. started on the stream. <laughs> fucking night. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> listen, man. Like...
0: This is uh this is just for us to hang out, chat about whatever comes to mind, whatever's metal related or music related. I'm sure that it's totally gonna interest our listeners who might not have an idea of how some of this stuff works behind the scenes.
2: Yeah. Mm. I think going back to what you were saying about trying to find decent trad metal bands, is it's just a like, it really is just trial and error. Like I'll know within the first. 15 seconds of the first track on well i say the first track on the album because the first track will always be an intro some sort of musical classical neoclassical fucking thing right so once yeah. you go past that so really it's going to be track two. 15 seconds and i know if i'm going to like it or not straight up yeah because um, i know like i know whether they've got something different going on or not and i think when you've when you're my age my age you're 40. When you've listened to heavy metal for a long fucking time, you get pretty good at figuring out what a band's gonna be like. Mm-hmm. And you, you get picky because you've heard pretty much everything it's up until like, this point. So for for a band, a new band to hook me in, there needs to be something different. And it really like I think a lot of it is the vocals. Thinking about the new kind of trad metal bands that I like. So haunt non-traditional heavy metal vocals, uh seven, I don't know if you're familiar with Seven Sisters. Your, uh, uh, seven
0: sisters yeah. is pretty good
2: their last album is incredibly good um they're from over here they're from england and they're just fucking outstanding and um, but again a, a totally non-traditional heavy metal vocal delivery more like an angel which kind of vocal delivery actually is what they have going on so but when if, if i hear that there's a good chance i'm gonna listen to the whole record if i hear a falsetto scream probably gonna turn off uh. Unless it's fucking good, like really fucking good.
1: Yeah, there's a, you know, black metal suffers come from kind of the same problem is that it does, it's hard. Like, you know, a lot of bands like. are. Everyone wants
0: to do the rasp.
1: Yes, everyone wants to be like dissection or um, emperor. You know, it's really easy to pigeonhole yourself if you're doing just specifically black metal and nothing else. But, you know, for my money, the best black metal album of, arguably the last 10 years was liturgia by batushka batushka are from poland i think they're actually russians but they live in poland and Mm. they use eight string guitars they've got gregorian chanters because the whole thing is that yeah okay cool yeah dude the whole thing is that they're supposed to be like an eastern orthodox black mass set with heavy metal music and okay. the, there's just nothing else in the world that sounds like them and as far as black metal goes it's probably the best the best thing to happen to the genre in like two decades Creativity I mean, takes a, a hard, long way
2: Yeah It's a hard genre to break out of and do anything different in though I mean like how do you get more extreme than t- the first Mayhem release? Like <laughs> Where do you go from that? The whole point is being as extreme as you can where, where can you go? Yeah. So you, I think you either you either sort of go Demi Borger and bring in concertos and shit, yeah, or you go Dark Throne and go back, which I'm a huge Dark Dark Throne fan. Oh, god, love yeah. Dark
1: Throne. Dark Thrones. Latest releases are phenomenal, oh, so incredible. Good.
2: Yeah, like I'm, I'm re- more of a Dark Throne fan from when they kind of left black metal behind and went the more kind of. Celtic that's Frost is right. influenced kind of vibe, but yeah, they're just so good. And I think that's that's my my all time favorite black metal band is absolutely dark Darkthrone. Nice, fucking solid, dude. Solid band. Yeah, great for,
1: voice. For my money, my favorite black metal band. Anyone who knows me will tell you, Dissection.
0: Mm. It's yeah, true. That's it. That's my favorite for almost as long as i've known you bro holy shit
1: i mean probably for like at least the last like
2: six or seven years so solid yeah
1: it's
2: it's again i think black metal is a genre that's very similar to like the the new wave of traditional heavy metal where there's just so much of it like if you're new to the like if you've been into it for a long time and you then you'll know who to pick out and who's good and shit but if you're just new to it it's like where do
1: i even start so, yeah. Kind of like you know it's like um it's like comic books almost
2: you know I was like, in the co- I was in a comic yeah. book shop today funny you should say that yo that's, my, that's I, wild I took my kid up there today um he's like mad and uh, uh all kind of like these like kids playing cars like Pokemons and shit like that. Sure. So we we were up there today and I was just like I I I don't know what I'm looking at here. Like I know Spider-Man. <laughs> I know Batman. There's yeah. so much shit in there. I Basically
0: like, you hear about that from parents who were into that when they were like teens or when they were younger and it's like you go to the rack now you take your kids and it's like i haven't read any of this crap in like 10 or 15 years <laughs> i don't know half the people on the cover of x-men what went on for the last yeah, 20 years yeah. like the yeah. whole
1: thing is like with getting into comic books like if you're new to it basically everyone will tell you the same thing pick out the one that looks interesting
2: yeah but that's all I would, I would, the artwork which, yeah. to be honest, was the same as how I got into heavy metal. <laughs> it's just the hard was like, which oh, one looks yeah. coolest?
1: That one. Which so that should bring us, I think, to our next topic of discussion, which was so, Steve. What was your first exposure to Judas Priest, and what was the first album you were drawn
2: to, and what drew you to it? First time I heard, well, I, I suppose I probably like heard singles and stuff before, like just on the radio and whatever, or. Mm around but and I knew the name obviously but I think the first album I actually heard was I forget what it was called now but it was like a greatest hits album and it was two it was Metalworks. okay it was cool. like a compilation album called Metalworks and I had that because I don't know if it's is the same in the States but in the UK in libraries in the UK you could go and ha- like borrow albums. Yeah we have that um, yep, so yeah yep, so you would yep. borrow you would borrow a tape or a CD or whatever and copy it. Send it back, and you'd have the album. So I had Metal Works on one side, and I had Pyromania, Def leopard on the other side, <laughs> cool. uh, and just wore those guys out. So that was my first introduction to Priest, and I played that like fuck, man. I played it like crazy because, like we were touching on earlier on, back in the day, there was no money around to just be buying whole discographies of bands. Yeah. So if you were like great sets albums, or that's where you went first. Yeah, and then you it's decided a good place
0: to start too. Yeah especially so, with a band like one. priest they've done like, just such a huge to, discography yeah and they've all those albums they sound pretty different and you can kind of get a sense of where you want to venture next it's like oh this stuff that's on ram it down uh, maybe it's not for me maybe i yeah. want to check out british steel
2: yeah because what if you just go to turbo first uh. you have,
0: Fuck
1: this. <laughs> Like if you like start trouble. with if you start with demolition, you're not
2: gonna have a very no. good
1: first impression.
2: No, you're 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 pretty much done. You're never gonna find uh, sin after sin because you uh. you've been put off straight away.
1: Yeah, and that
0: so. is that's a fucking tragedy, man. Like
1: not listening to sin after sin.
0: Uh, we've been uh, talking yeah. about that lately, man, because you love sin after sin. Yeah, well, you were, that, you've just been asking why are people not listening to this the same way they're listening it, to it? Brick does steel. get forgotten, about, doesn't it? It's a fucking great album I don't know why Yeah i don't really
1: understand why that would be this is like one of the mysteries of this podcast for me is uncovering why that album gets overlooked so much when for me it's arguably one of their best albums it's my my in my top three favorite priest albums like in no particular order are sin after sin screaming for vengeance and painkiller
2: yes Mm. is it maybe because it came directly after sad wings I don't know. It's weird. When you look at it, I'm just looking at the track listing just now and it's like
0: fucking sinner on it. It's fact, yeah. man. Sinner, dissident, aggressor, it star starts breaker. Starts with sinner. How yeah, man.
2: There's less hits on it. So maybe as an album, it's forgotten about because there's less singles, I guess. Maybe.
1: Yeah, and I guess I like know. back in the day of radio play, like the single yeah. really was like the essential part of getting your band lifted. So I guess that could be part of it. But also, I guess, you know, we're talking about a band with 50 years of history, and this is pretty, pretty far back in their discography. And it gets overlooked by albums that have a lot larger of a
0: reputation. Yeah, that's true. Mm. It's a forgotten gem. Yes, 100% forgotten gem. Band really broke out in the 80s, and they were playing You've Got Another Thing Coming, Heading Out to the Highway, Turbo Lover, and that 70s material, it definitely was a lot less featured in the live set yeah. that might have something to do with it. Yeah, prob- yeah probably true, We'll meet fans sometimes who say the 70s shit, that's their favorite. When yeah. we had Trevor on board, he said that his two yeah, favorite albums 70s. were Sad Wings and Sin After Sin.
2: Yeah, it's not a, that's not a bad shout. I'd maybe go with stained Class as well, and me like into, here, man. I love stained well, glass. Well you would call it, killing machine, but we would call it um for leather. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> seven that pieces was always, of gold.
1: I think I think that also a part of it could be you know, the metal stuff was what really propelled them and mm-hmm. you know that's the thing that if you are experiencing you know that level of monumental success for the first time i guess you do want to hone in on that you want to yeah. you want to play into that because that you perceive that as your strength like well, okay this is what we've been building to this entire time this is what we really know that we want to do that's what we're going to give people so yeah. it, i guess i guess like anything else there's a variety of different factors i still think it's an injustice though
2: yeah yeah, they should definitely pull some of that out more live. Mm. Definitely. I'm yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. I was so, hoping, like, talk about the kind of setting, this kind of leads into something I've been thinking about recently with 70s kind of Priest, is that the new KK record, and I I really fucking hoped that you would go back to the 70s Priest sound, because it was oh. like, why did you do the, it's like he's trying to do the painkiller thing, but yeah. Priests are already doing that. Yeah, you just come off as a poor man's version of that. You could have went back;
1: it would be fucking cool. The potential, like it's definitely there. And what uh, you know, like I'm really not that impressed with sermons of the sinner. I wasn't either. Yeah, thing
0: about that is exactly like you said, Steve. This was KK's chance to sort of prove what else can you do, man? Like you were in priest for however many years. And this is your very first solo album. So mm-hmm. if it's your first solo album, you've been retired for what eight years. You had a lot of time to think about new music. And like you came out with something that was just not really challenging yourself. Yeah, you had nothing to lose as well. Like you could put out something completely different, It could tank and who gives a
2: fuck?
1: Yeah. Man, you've got your like... golf
2: course, you're all <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's like you can sit there and you can cry into your hundred dollar bills yeah In, you know like i and instead it's like oh bentley bastard
2: like crying over your fucking caviar yeah Yeah. but instead it's like okay oh
1: oh okay you're just gonna release completely uninspired generic heavy metal okay
2: yeah it really was man the the production everything was just yeah yeah, very disappointing because I I was really looking forward to it I'm a big cakey guy
1: yeah I, I mean, listen, was... man, me and him have the same birthday. So, on
2: that alone, oh, nice. yeah, on that alone, I got a root for him. So, like, yeah, and even like, even the videos he was putting up, like on YouTube and shit, when he was out of the band, it was like he kicked his chops up. He plays shredding, was awesome. He's
1: a 70 so, year old man. And yeah. He, he's playing like people who are like in their prime, in their 30s. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's ripping, absolutely ripping.
0: Yeah. yeah it's. The solos on that KK's Priest album, the solos are vicious, dude. That's easily yeah. the best part. So like, cool. He kept oh, up yeah. all of his skills. He's just yeah. like, he needs to get some songs together that have a little more to offer, in my opinion. Yeah. You need to get Andy Sneak back into uh, doing like maybe a Sabbath reunion. And when you get
2: KK on that side of the stage, that's what's mm. needs to fucking happen. Everyone knows that. Make it fucking happen. <laughs> like having yeah, KK that back in Priest? You need KK, KK where Andy Sneap is and Richie on the other side. Can imagine that be fucking ripping up? Honestly, coach, yeah. that would be pretty, that would be lit. You know, I'm not
1: going to happen. But am not going to happen no, ever. That's like but- a
0: divorce that has been finalized. <laughs> yeah. and Priest is yeah. with their second, second marriage with Richie. And no. that's it, man. That ex, that KK that's never coming back.
2: Yeah. It would take a WWE style face turn for that to happen. But it's probably not going to happen. George is more of a wrestling
1: fan than I am. I don't quite understand that reference, but. Ah, okay. George will know. All right. He'll 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 fill me in at some point, but, you know, I but listen, you know, this is his first outing as a musician since, since what? Nostradamus, maybe? That's and, so, uh, and, so, yeah. and so. Yeah. And so, you know, you got to kind of, stretch the muscles a bit see what happens this is only the first release and could be that they need to experiment they need to figure out what works and who knows what could be coming down the pipeline it seems like he's having enough success with this band so far It it is pretty well received you know oh, the yeah, mus- people are the still m- gonna buy it yeah, people are eating it up to one extent or another. So, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, second outing could be,
0: could be good, could be bad. I suppose we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah, it's not dead on arrival. Like, I've definitely seen fans in comments, and they're enjoying it. Some of them, like, some people think it's generic, like us. And other people, they're liking it. And I guess, you know, if some people are liking it, hopefully they can only improve if they try and break outside yeah. the box a little it may the just be no. me being a,
2: a miserable old fucker again like if you're in your 20s and you you're just getting into priest and then keiki comes out, you're like oh fuck more priest mm-hmm. yeah whereas i'm like oh fuck more priest <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I i guess that's true yeah it's like I don't know. I I try to be optimistic about these things. I I don't I don't want to be pessimistic about it because I want to see KK, you know, thriving as a musician again. I
2: think the fact that he's got a guitar in his hand and he's on stages is a result because it yeah. was a it was a sin that he was not playing. Like that was like someone like that should be on the stages playing all the time and making music. So the fact that he's back is is great. It's cause to celebrate, I think. Definitely. Like overall, I mean, again,
1: not too impressed. And maybe that's
2: part of it. Maybe there was too much expectation as well. Maybe like we were like, yes, KK's coming back. And then he came back and it was never going to live up to what we wanted.
1: That's also true. It's like there's the perception of hype where you Mm -hmm. think, oh, my God, holy crap. KK Downing is making music again.
0: My internet connection is going. Hey, wide. All
1: right, there he is. All right, we lost you for a minute there, man. All right, you great. can edit that
0: shit. You're fair, a clever. Fair lad. enough.
1: <laughs> Damn, George, you hear that? You're cle- you're you're a clever lad. I love that.
0: Yeah, well, I'm happy that I'm able to convince people that's the case.
1: <laughs> it's like we said when <laughs> when we were talking with Uncle Steve. I'm glad we've been able to deceive people into thinking we're smart. <laughs>
0: Right. I was listening to ah. his podcast and he mentions us all the time and he was talking to his co-host and she said, oh, I listened to the Metal Gods podcast. These two dudes seem like they'd be fun to hang oh out my with. God. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm really glad we've been able to give off that impression. <laughs> Wait until you meet us. You might change your mind. Well, there you what go. are you saying, Steve? I say
1: saying it's
2: so much better yeah. than doing interviews. You know, is this, this not an interview, but when you have like the question and then the que- answer and then the question and you gotta think and you, you know you don't fucking know what you're gonna say next and this is just a nice flow. I always prefer to listen to like a podcast with someone as opposed to an interview. So we do try difference. to
1: keep things light we try to keep it like it's just a conversation you know we're not we're not, we're not interviewers yeah. by any means we're we're more like just we're just dudes with questions more than anything.
2: But you always get more out of whoever you're talking to than you would in an interview anyway, because it's looser and everyone's just Straight hanging, So,
0: You're right about that, man. Oh, shit. I need another beer, dude. What? You didn't did cover you know, prepared did with like a whole... I, I do, but it's in
1: my kitchen. You just showed on his wife. <laughs> right? like, yeah, but she's playing Skyrim right now. I don't want to interrupt that.
2: <laughs> in Scotland, we get old fucking
1: <laughs> fine let, let it never be said i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna be upstaged by a scott i'm going i'll be right back i'm gonna grab something i'll, I'll see you guys in a bit
0: yeah man get that beer get that beer good pressure a uh, quick question you've been on podcasts before right
2: uh, have i been on a podcast yeah yeah i've done podcasts yeah
0: hmm I just remembered. I heard one that you did with uh, Fergal on Feckin' Metal.
2: Yeah. Fergal's a cool Fergal's dude, man. man.
0: I talked to him. Yeah, a that was, a,
2: yeah, he did He did Trevor as well, actually. Um, yeah, Fergal's cool. He's a good He's a good guy, the North fan. I just yeah, posted Sorry, what did I miss? What did I miss? He's a good lad. Oh, we, oh, we were, were just doing the this bit. You. We were just oh, waiting for you to Okay, come well, back.
0: here I am. Yeah, I was telling Steve uh, that we met in high hmm. school. And then we had just happened to bring up that Steve was on another podcast I heard a year ago with our buddy Fergal. Oh no shit. Second that was a year. That was Holy a year. Can you imagine that? Fuck Isn't that a weird me. thing to,
1: to consider? It's like, wow, that was just one year ago and it feels like a decade.
0: Yeah. Oh, Every like, oh. year in the <laughs> pandemic era feels like five. <laughs> See, that was, for out.
1: me, like last year, it's 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 strange, I guess, because this time last year, me and my wife were sick with COVID. And, you know, last month, that felt like a decade ago. And now it feels like it was a week ago. That's such a strange sort of phenomenon. Yeah, we're, we're all living on. Yeah. No, I've given up trying to make sense of it. Totally.
0: We're just going with the flow in yeah, life. Man. Just kind of like we're going with the flow yeah. today. Yeah. Just wing it. There's no, no script man, anymore. Very
1: much like i did want to get your take though like um if you like um about the 50 heavy metal years tour that they've been doing like for me we talk about this a lot is that i love (laughs) in the pro they're in the (laughs) process they had to
2: stop because of um richie's ah dude i had fucking tickets (sighs) for the aussie tour that they were supposed to do over here and my my youngest son wasn't born yet he's now oh my god wow I can I can just just remember the night like the night my missus phoned and said we're having a we're having a baby. Aww. She said there's going to be three of us going to Aussie. <laughs> <in Greece." Aww.
3: laughs> I was like,
2: who the fuck did you invite? She's like, no dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, uh, so that, and good, he's, man. he's 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 going to be three in May. So that's how long wow, ago man. that I was. So I've fucking given up on that happening. I, there must be contractual shit because we were always hoping that priests would break away from it and just do their own tour.
0: That's what I'm hoping because honestly, like priest probably is more ready to tour than Ozzy at this point. Ozzy's that tour is not
2: happening, man. There's no
3: way
1: Ozzy's going to go. I mean, like, listen, man, we like to think of people like Ozzy as sort of like invincible figures. They're just going to keep going. But listen, man, even, even that guy's going to hit a point where it's like, dude, I can't do this anymore.
0: The rock and roll lifestyle catches up with everyone eventually. Even when he and he, he doesn't owe point. anybody anything, man. He's put his time and he owes nothing. Oh, anything.
2: dude, so, of course. If, if he bows yeah, out, the Prince
1: of Darkness, good. like he, like dude, that guy has done so much in his life. It's like, you, dude, you can retire now. Like, wh- like Holy. we're not gonna be mad about it. Yeah, of course not. Yeah,
3: man.
0: Well, not he that he didn't...
1: gives a fuck what I think. So but, you know,
0: maybe so, he just has uh, to I'm rethink not- what he's doing. Like. Christopher Lee recorded two metal albums in his 90s and yeah. maybe if Ozzy's health isn't good enough to be in a van all week, maybe he needs to just get himself into his home recording studio and do a live stream. I think he you has. How he, bows I think out. he has more, you hope. know,
1: do what you more can. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, George, I don't, I, don't mean, I don't think Ozzy has toured in a van for like 50 years.
0: <laughs> okay, well, uh, yeah. Maybe he can't even get on his jumbo jet The way his health
2: is
1: now, right, I, guess, I guess we're not going to get caught up on semantics here. But you know, the point is, is that you know, yeah. Do you need to be on the road in your exactly? At, at this point, point like, does he
2: even need to do it? You know, pro- I don't, know. don't need to. But I think we, this is a thing with those guys. Or like, how do you stop? Yeah, because what are you going to retire from? It's, there's nothing. You, it's not a job. You're not retiring from breaking your back every. You're nine to five every day. It's it's not it's not it's not what he does. It's what he is. So how do you retire from what you? You know, this is interesting.
1: You know, me and George have spoken about this before, specifically when we've been talking about like Motley Crue. Is that you know that that the excessive lifestyle of the '80s with the hard partying, drinking, drugs. You know, the promiscuity of the whole thing. You know, a lot of those guys, they never recovered from that and they don't really know anything else. You know, probably the reason, probably the reason that Motley Crew has had like, what, five farewell tours is because, like, uh, dude, Vince (laughs) Neal doesn't know how to make money any other
2: way. No, no. That's that. That's that's how do you quit, but then you sort of sacrifice a little bit of your your dignity on occasion as well. I mean, but, yeah but i mean, uh, I mean aussie aussie definitely no. I wouldn't do that last time i saw Aussie he was on the last sabbath tour and he was great like he, i mean i'd had a couple of drinks but he was fucking still, still sure. good to me
0: so yeah never go yeah. out on a low note if you can avoid yeah. it man i mean I, and listen i mean i know that oath is mostly a one-man project but i'm sure you've been on stage with your other band tantrum are you starting mm-hmm. to really miss playing live
2: Oh, man, we we so nearly did. We had a gig booked. Um, uh, when was it? End of, was it the end of December, I think. No, it must have been. Oh, it would have been about end of November, actually. We had a gig booked. And on the day of the gig, our singer, Desi positive over. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. No, uh,
0: and
2: then, And then 20 minutes later. Oh, that, God. That was, <laughs>
0: Damn, I'm sorry to hear that. So it's, It was, so not it was fun, dead man. in the water,
2: man. I oh, it was dead. I was literally it was I was at work, I had my all my guitars in the car, I would have my shit all packed. And I was like, Well, I suppose I should probably test. I was in the rehearsal room with him a couple of nights ago. I should do a test and boom uh, two fuck lines. I was like fuck. Ugh, so yeah, so we nearly got there. But we've got an we've got an show booked at the end of February with another British band called Iron Void, like a, a heavy doom kind of band. So cool. hopefully that'll go ahead. But <laughs> you just You don't know what, you just, you have to hope at the minute. I guess like the situation
1: globally, it's so precarious at the moment. It's hard to tell minute to minute what the hell you're gonna be doing at any given moment.
2: Yeah. I think we, you buy a ticket for a gig now you're just like okay I've, I've got the ticket whenever it happens it happens but I'm not making any plans <laughs> yes
3: yeah.
0: yeah So we're, we're all trying to we're, learn how hopefully to sort of we'll be... live in this world that we're in right now because I mean if you are sitting at home as a band waiting for the situation to change you're going to be waiting a long time so now as yeah. a musician it, it's Make sort of the time album. to get creative and figure out okay what can i do in this environment yes exactly which is where
2: like oath kind of thrives a little bit because it's just me so and um, we don't exactly have high production values so, um, i can just pretty much do it, do it in my house so
0: yeah it's all good so it's it's really cool the sort of creative aspects that bands are coming up with as a way to sort of mm-hmm. showcase their music and As an anecdote, I listened to a ska punk band, pop punk band called Less Than Jake. They're one of my favorites, and they did uh, two live stream concerts. You know, it was an empty room, but the camera was just focused on the stage the whole time. And in between songs in the set, they also did these little skits and commercials and fake talk show segments because they're a funny band with they have a good those sense guys of humor. have not mentally progressed past 20 years old <laughs> no they haven't but yeah Why you know they? you sort of get the chance to you, you play your music for people and you try and make it unique you try and make it mm-hmm. you you know it, it's 2022 anyone can record a video on their smartphone and you know, we're in this age where it's like almost sort of you take a risk walking out your front door and it you take a risk going to a crowded place and you have to do the best job you can in the environment that we're in.
2: I think I think bands that are not tech savvy right now are the ones that and are I fucked. I mean, probably but you need to be social media aware Didn't, right now. Otherwise, you're at up the deep.
1: beginning of the <sighs> pandemic. Um, Bad Religion did a um, live stream uh, concert, which was also kind of like sort of a documentary where they went through the whole history of the band and they played, they'd play. Yeah. Oh, that was cool. really cool. I
0: forgot about that up until just now. Yeah, that was good. I love Bad Religion. Yeah. They're probably my favorite punk band. And like you said, they were doing the little interview snippets and documentary pieces in between songs and it was uh, four sets, like 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. So they were really going through like history there. And that's the sort of thing where, if once they're retired and they're done, they could release that and people would have like sort of the summary of their career.
2: Yeah. So I've, I've seen a few kind of live stream things that were done just with no crowd. And like the sound's great you can really you can really spend the time on getting yeah. sound right and there's no kind of crowd interaction so you're just listening to the band and they're great. It doesn't substitute for being there, but it's a it's a different yeah. thing. You can't compare it. It's like it's like those kind of in the studio recordings you would you would hear. So I have enjoyed a few of those. Yeah. I think the the tricky thing with that is there's a lot of bands that are trying to do it and to try and charge for tickets. And I think that's where it becomes a hard sell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that will people buy a ticket to watch something on their on their yeah. phone or that, on their smart tv like that's that's where it gets a bit you have yeah. to have a really hardcore yeah, that's fan. Kind, that's kind
1: that. of right. gross as a business practice honestly
2: i think it's a hard <laughs> I don't sell know, man. i think you know a band's gonna make you got me i know i something. get it if it's priced reason if it's a reasonably yeah. priced thing if it's a band that i love i would pay it but it's, the casual fan's not gonna yeah. pay for it you know you're you're gonna have to be praying. I mean, awkward. I
1: understand what you're saying too. It's like you know, bands still got to make money, and the people, the people in the band still have to feed their families. So
0: it's a hard sell because you watch it once, and it's like you know, if you were buying the video and you could rewatch it unlimited times, you know, that's just economics. It's no different than mm-hmm. buying a movie and rewatching yeah. it digitally. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like the fact that you're paying and you're not actually there, there's pros and cons mm-hmm. to that too. Like, yeah. I remember watching one of the, one live stream or another, and I was on the couch with my wife, and she was sick. She had a cold. She wasn't feeling well. And in my head, I was thinking, if this was a physical concert, and we had to go out and be standing in GA, general admission, and we were just in the pit, like, she wouldn't be able to do that. And yeah, there are fans out there who live like, far like in the middle of nowhere away from a major yeah. city and they wouldn't be able to get to a show even if there was a tour and now you're reaching those fans because they can view it anywhere so like they're it's not the same obviously but you are or, sort of yeah you're reaching more you're reaching more people potentially Our fans are housebound you know they
2: can't leave the house whatever kind of physical reasons and stuff it's opening up to that as well so it's, there's definitely, there's, it's just, I think there's a market for it. It's just not been perfected mm. yet, but this is the kind of prime conditions for it. They got to be tap perfected. into that and figure out how to really um, incorporate it into um the way you sell Yeah, end. I think you need, you need to give more value. Like you were saying about the bad religion thing. Like that's something I think you could definitely charge for if you get a whole documentary yeah. and little snippets in here. You're not just getting a live show, you're getting extra yeah. bits and pieces then. Yep. But I it's, agree. Yeah, it's, it's a whole thing that needs to be hashed out, I guess.
1: And we'll see where that goes in the future. But it will be interesting to see that as, you know, you know, presumably, I mean, I don't at this point, I really don't foresee things with the pandemic getting much better, you know, at least not for the foreseeable future. I think we're going to be stuck with this thing for a while longer. And yeah, really. Um, And so, you know, seeing the way that live streaming becomes a more integral part of a band's performance how you might have your general admission audience and then you've got your audience at home that's like watching the live stream Mm -hmm. it could be interesting to see where that goes you know it was like what george was saying before is that you kind of like you brought in the audience and the amount of people that are watching
2: what you're doing yeah because you're going to get there's there's people that are just going to go to the gig anyway. Yeah. Like they're not going to if there's an option there, they're not going to take the option of watching it on TV. They're going to go. It's just going to be the other people that would maybe be on the fence. and would be like, well, kind of want to go, but don't really want to yeah. go enough to get in the car and go. But I'll drop twenty dollars or whatever on the on the live stream. Okay. Then
0: yeah, it's more doable for musicians in some sense because the bands that are out there yeah. right now playing shows. They're playing shows in their hometown or their home state, and they're not mm-hmm. on the road traveling over borders because a the whole border security thing with COVID that's a nightmare to navigate. But b, yeah. like imagine you're a band from California and you're in your your tour bus or your van, and you're in friggin' Chicago, five hundred a thousand miles from home, and someone tests positive, and then you gotta cancel your <laughs> whole tour, and you're fucked. So as a musician, maybe even it's more doable to be playing hometown shows and then have someone in the back who's part of the crew filming the whole thing and broadcasting that so that more people can see it. You know, there's options in the age we live in.
2: Ah, yeah, absolutely. If this had happened 30, 40 years ago, everyone would be fucked, but there's there's options now. There. I think the, the thing with touring just now, the, issue, the main issue seems to be insurance. So like, you're not going to get tour insurance at the minute so if you go out it's at your risk and like you say if someone tests positive the whole thing's yeah. fucked. you the, the crew aren't getting paid everyone's getting refunds so financially you're up shit creek yeah. without a paddle Unless you, but i don't know if you guys are familiar with the band um we probably will be marillion who are like a uk kind of prog rock band prog rock. Really yeah. Kinda, yeah
0: i've heard of them i've heard their name a lot
2: yeah marillion are, are really this is going to be a potential rabbit hole because i'm a big fan but let's they, go down a rabbit hole man um
0: Let's do it hey man you're our guest alright so like, if you, if you okay so
2: if you're not familiar, like, like potted history of Marillion if their biggest hit single was Kaylee, so you'll have heard Kaylee probably at some point um, big band in the 80s lead singer Fish who's uh, a Scottish guy actually lives just 20 minutes down the road from me he quit in the kind of late 80s early 90s both split their own way Marillion got a new singer but they were really instrumental in it like one of the first bands to really use the internet properly and interact with their fans on the internet what they actually did recently, they just completed a tour. I think it was just a UK tour, maybe in Europe, but they actually got the, their fans to crowdfund the insurance. Oh, shit. So okay. up front, they, yeah. So they, they're they like, we can tour, but if we tour, there's no insurance. If, if something happens, someone gets the vid, we're fucked. So crowdfund the insurance. If everything's fine, you get the money back. Genius. Seriously. It's more- so it's like, it's, it's things like that, that bands need to think other than just thinking with their guitars, they need to think really like how how can we get around this and make it work. And that's again, you you need a super committed fan base to go for that. But they did. They have that. So there's
1: yeah, like but you also have to be tech savvy, like you said before, you know, you know, the it's the bands that know how to tap into the internet and social media and to really reach out and grab an audience. Those are the ones that are going to, that, you know, they have been doing better throughout this whole pandemic.
2: Have to interact with your fans that's one thing that I'm really big on is that you know if someone puts a comment on your Instagram page fucking reply yeah. man like like it doesn't take long to do especially if you're in the, the kind of smaller end of the spectrum You, if you run your own social yeah. media People are taking the time to speak to you. Speak fucking back, man. It's just polite. I hate looking at bands Instagram feeds and you see so many comments and there's not one single reply. It's like, well, why would I comment on it and put your your interaction rate up when you're not going to fucking respond and I'm going to
0: look a dick anyway. So Joel, you build a relationship with the fans and I've probably said this before, but what's good for fans is also good for business because Mm -hmm. the better you can develop a positive relationship with your fans and the metal community... The more they're going to like you, the more they're going to support you. And of course. I, personally, I personally enjoy a band more when I also like the band members as people. And that's why I find myself, I continue listening to Oath and Haunt and Night Demon because those bands, they're very approachable on social media and they're always nice. And I just like talking to them and that sort of positive interactions it also feeds into my opinion of the music it's like man these guys are cool i want to listen to them more i'd rather have 500
2: committed fans that interact with me than have five thousand casuals and it looks obviously on instagram it looks great if you've got five hundred, yeah but fucking mean anything if i mean it, talk
1: it's you. like it, it's just <laughs> a number though at that point and there's no there's no substance mm-hmm. to it you know we've got Uh, You know, at this point, we've been doing this for about four months and we finally we have like somewhat of a following on this and it's really kind of enriching to engage with people. We got an email recently from a fan where they just went into like all this really cool history and detail of priests that we didn't know about. And, you know, having that kind of relationship with a fan is a very, very cool and interesting thing to have. You know, you know, we don't have a huge following, but we have enough of a following that you know we get to do things like that.
2: Yeah, you don't need a huge following; you just need a, a good set of committed people. You don't need hundreds and thousands; you just need to look look after the people that you do have. That's always the kind of thing that I try and do. Like the fans that I have got, I try and be as available for yes. as I possibly can. I'm not going to be going out desperately hunting for new fans and paying for likes on Facebook yeah. or whatever. Like if you're there. Yeah, I've got your back kind
0: of thing <laughs> yeah I appreciate that so I think that's a great segue into and we normally start with this but usually I like to ask uh our guest to sort of tell a little about their music and we normally start with that but hey better late than never so yeah, yeah we've, tell got, us about, oh, we've got tell a us about tantrum. About. <laughs> uh, tantrum or oath well I, or oath? I'm definitely more a fan of oath I don't really know much about tantrum but I guess right, well, it's your show. So just tell us about your music and whatever you want to So, uh, well,
2: we'll, go, well, Oath kind of was born really when we were making the the first Tantrum album. And I kind of just finished all my stuff, like finished my guitar stuff. And I was kind of just like, well, waiting for the other guys to do shit. And I just started just dicking about with some riffs, which didn't really fit Tantrum quite. So it kind of just grew into the first Oath EP, uh, Legion. And it was more like I'd set myself a challenge, kind of like it was like, right, so what can you achieve with what you've got? So it was like, you've not got a studio, you've not got any other musicians, you've got you, you've got your guitar, you've got an amp, and that's it. So how are you going to get something out of it? So basically, it was just GarageBand app downloaded onto my phone. And that was it. A a, a little, uh, like a direct cable that plugged into the bottom of my phone, (laughs) into my guitar. uh, Sorry, through my amp into my guitar. All done on my phone. All done on GarageBand. Sang directly into the phone. No microphone. Nothing. Just straight into the phone. Very um, DIY. So, yeah, the the whole EP was done for zero (laughs) money. (laughs) Like literally, that's really cool. I think part of that was the, the appeal of it as well was like this is like as DIY as you can get like there's no there's literally no cost this is uh, and I kind of wanted to maybe inspire people a little bit as well I don't know if that sounds a bit grandiose but like don't be because there's so many people that are in the music industry and just bands as well who are like oh we, you can't fucking record with that guitar you need this amp is that your pedal board you can't fucking play with those pedals they're, they're cheap pedals you need a studio you need a producer you don't fucking need any of that shit you need you need whatever you've got because none of that shit matters if you have shit songs that's a good and that's literally all that matters is good songs i can give a fuck about any of the rest of it yeah that just have to have an idea how you execute it is irrelevant
0: yeah that's really cool Stephen. and that leads me to something i've been thinking about ever since we talked to Trevor, but it applies here as well, because you're also a multi-instrumentalist and a vocalist, and you are able to play everything and do a whole album yourself. So Trevor, obviously, he does the same thing in Haunt. And something he said on our show was that I have this creative vision. I have the songs and I do it all myself because these songs are a fully formed vision yeah. And he says, it sounds conceited, but it's not. And I agree with him, because let's be honest, if you had the skill to play every instrument as a musician and you could sing and you could do a whole album by yourself, maybe you would. Like you look at the early Iron Maiden albums where every song is written by Steve Harris and you get a sense, yeah. well, he played the bass. If Steve Harris knew how to play everything, would he just write and play every single instrument And I think he would, because he always had sort of his own very strict vision that he would stick to. So I think that it's not conceited. I think it's just sort of something people would do more if they knew, if they thought they could.
2: I think it depends on what you want. Like
0: if your music is very
2: personal, which not so much the first EP, but certainly the last two albums for me have been that if you let anybody else into the process, it dilutes us. I, for 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 better or for worse, like the, with the best will in the world, somebody else will dilute it because they'll they'll play with their own personality, and that's a good thing in a band situation. You want that kind of mix, but if it's like a project, like like oh, you, I don't want that. That's that's what I have in my head it has to come out the way I want sure. it to come out. Otherwise, yeah. I won't be happy with it. Um, Trevor was really probably the only person that I think I would collaborate with because he got it. Yeah. Because he does the same thing, so he fully understood that it was. Like he was he was playing drums and he was producing, and he he definitely gave me a few suggestions with like in terms of editing the songs, and that's useful to have as somebody else to be able to say you're fucking dicking about a bit too too long with that solo, like you're <laughs> a dick. cut it in half. There's no need for a two minute guitar solo; just <laughs> cut it. Um You need that little bit of objectivity sometimes, but yeah like like he got it so i was happy to work with him on that but i think it just yeah it's there's solo projects are like that sometimes it just needs to be what you have in your head well that's really
1: you know we've talked about this before too is like you know the dynamic of a project changes when you when one member leaves and another comes in to take their place or you're adding a new member whatever the case may be you just there's just you know different personalities mesh differently they bring their approach to the music and before you know it it's like this is nothing like what i wanted this to be yeah
2: yeah exactly and then it sours a little bit and you quit and start something new so (laughs) that's the thing with 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 those it'll always be what i wanted to be and it means I can do whatever the fuck I want with it as well. Like, you know, if I want to make a the next record, this next record is going to be a Doom album or Speed Metal album or whatever I can do, whatever yeah. the fuck I want. Yeah, it's not going to be, but okay. I, sure. it's, already, it's already I get written, that, but, but like, I understand what you're
1: getting at, too. It's like, it can be whatever I want, and that's how it's going to be. What's exactly. in your head is what's on the recording.
2: Yeah, exactly. There's no influence from anybody else. It's
1: just... You know, there's... um really interesting story kind of with um credence clearwater revival you know because mm. their last album mardi gras was a like unmitigated disaster you know big po- i didn't know oh, that tell yeah, me more yeah that's interesting So dude. john fogarty oh my god what's up cat <laughs> Hi, i knew Kitty. i heard a cat in the background <laughs> oh my god oh, he's, oh, he's a little fuck he's a little fucker his what's her
0: name there's, there's oh my Deuce. god Beetlejuice that, I awesome. love it With the black and yeah. white
1: Oh he's cute Great <laughs> name dude Like my, my Pomeranian Is um Beelzebub Yeah he Yeah he was nice. He was in here before He's outside with mom Right now But
2: So that's Beetlejuice We got uh, Oh Lemmy's dude So cool
1: Nice He's You can't really see him that's Oh there, is. Is. Yeah. there he is <laughs> I'll, I'll <ask laughs> There Yeah I got I got my Pomeranian And my fucking bird Outside The bird Yeah, the bird's name is Obi. yeah, man. so, so anyway, going back to credence so John Fogarty did everything in cleared Credence. He wrote all of the lyrics he wrote, all of the songs he did, all of his own backing vocals. you know, he did everything. And, you know, oh, yeah, and that guy is a powerhouse musician. So, you know, for their last album, Mardi Gras, you know, there had been some tension growing with that band for a while at that point, you know the song have you ever seen the rain is about john knowing that the band is going to break up at some point and like just seeing that coming down Uh. the pipeline so as with most rock and roll beeps there's two sides to the story and one of them isn't telling the truth so like you know the way john fogarty tells it is that the other guys in the band um Stu cook because it was um Tom and John Fogarty, Stu Cook and the drummer, who I don't remember, and Tom Fogarty left. So, you know, his version of the story is that they wanted more creative license. They wanted to write their own songs. And their version of the story was that uh, John was just completely burned out and needed help carrying the weight, basically. But the vision of that band was John's. And then, you know, bring like the other guys coming in and writing their songs and putting them forward. You hear the difference on Mardi Gras and you're you sit there and you're like, this is not Creed. Yeah, it's not, not credence. I don't know what this is, yeah. but. You know, that's kind of what your anecdote reminded me of, you know, because if John had just kept doing what he was doing, you know, Credence might still be around today. But I think the biggest problem he had was that the, the project wasn't called like John Fogarty and the Credence Clearwater revival, because then, you know, who's <laughs> in charge, you know, yeah. like Bruce Spring. I guess it's like Bruce Springsteen kind of. The yeah, yeah, band, yeah. yeah totally. so that that was my. You know, you know who the help is (laughs) exactly a (laughs) hundred percent. So, you know,
0: and some of the guys in Bruce Springsteen's band are incredibly talented in their own, right. probably good enough to have their own. Those guys
1: are like some of the, he's the guy nonetheless, those guys are like some of the best working musicians you'll ever find.
0: Yeah, totally. And they get paid.
1: Oh yeah. I'm sure. And you know, deservedly. So those guys work their asses off. I'm sure.
0: But yeah, sorry to interrupt. No, no, that was it.
1: That was the end of the story. So
0: you're good. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, that's a really good point of how like some people, they have their creative vision and they can't really do everything they want because they have to take the other band members opinions into mind. And when there's all that tension, then sometimes you end up with an album that is not so well received. But if you're the only one making the music, like in Oath or in Haunt, for example, then you don't have anyone else telling you, oh, I don't really like this song. I want to play it a different way. You can yeah. sort of be like, well, no, I'm going to do it my Go, yeah. way. This is Go my product. Scratch,
1: man. Oh, um, if you want to know more, by the way, about that Creedence story, there's this uh, YouTuber named Todd in the Shadows, and he does this series called Train Records, and oh. he talks about it... In- <laughs> yeah oh, man, already. <laughs> it's really great um and that's where i got that's where i learned about this story was through that so i would highly recommend if you want to know more you go, it's on youtube todd in the shadows and you look up um his video about mardi gras fascinating story
0: yeah man that
2: sounds good that sounds up my street i like okay. shit like that
0: one thing that i thought was super awesome and i have a lot to talk about when it comes to this is the song Computer Warrior and sort of the themes that the song has? And rabbit hole number, two. <laughs> I've got a lot to say here. Here we go. It, you're the guest, so I want you to introduce the rabbit song and theme of the whole Computer Warrior album to our listeners in your own words. Because,
2: oh, fucking
0: hell, you told me. Before, I <laughs>
2: right, okay. Oh, it's too late.
0: Oh, uh, no, no, after you've had a drink is definitely better.
2: <laughs> well right let's go back a bit so okay let me let me get my bearings here so the album the first song I wrote for the album was Computer Warrior and I can't remember what the other one was there was two songs I had which were actually again written initially on my phone on GarageBand as synth songs interestingly a little bit of trivia for you so they were just synth um, so that little that little melody you hear in Computer Warrior the, the guitar bit at the start was originally a synth So I had the music first and then lyrically it was just about kind of it was it kind of sparked when my, my kids kind of got to an age well my oldest son he kind of got to an age where he was getting on social media just Instagram and stuff and he was it was just watching like some of the shit he was it wasn't bad but there was just like some some kid in his school was saying shit on Instagram that he would never have the nuts to say in real life um, and you know, my son handled it like like a champ. He went up to it. In real life. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you saying? You're what are you told well. him
1: that that was that's based. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> that's real life. That's so he took it to in real life. Um, but it was just it was really thinking about it from the perspective of a, of a parent, really of kids who are dealing with this world where nothing's real, like everything's like anything you see on real uh, on online is yeah. not real bullshit it's all bullshit and it's just really about people who have the nuts to say stuff online but if you spoke to some I've got a cat ass my my right now. it's fucking hard to make a try to make a see trying to make a serious point and I'm staring at a rusty sheriff's badge fuck off so that's a Scottish term for you there's a few of those you might hear a few um and yeah, kids that have grown up in this 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 world where everything's happening online and people are saying shit. And God, you look at the comment section, like like you don't know what Computer Warrior is about, just look at the comment section on any oh, any social media fuck. and you'll, you'll that's what it's about because there's so many bell ends on there, man. It's like fucking just why is this there's just negativity. It's like all the negative thoughts you have, it's okay to spew them out mm. in Facebook or Instagram because It's not really real. It's not really me talking. What the fucking is you talking? So say it to me. Yeah, dead
1: (laughs) ass. Like, you know, in America, a lot of our sort of cultural norms revolve around keeping things light. And I mean that in like our Mm day-to-day interactions, you know, we have. Right.
0: You go to work and you talk to someone. You're in a store. You're making small talk with the clerk oh, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Thanks. Oh, how's the weather? You know, stuff like that. Keeping it. Yeah. Light.
1: And, and for some yeah. added context, me and George are from New York and you know, the big thing is like, how you doing? That doesn't mean I'm not asking you. Yeah. I'm how not asking, doing? how are you no. doing? I'm saying, hello. Like that. Don't tell me how you're doing.
2: Yeah. How it, you doing? I'm good. Not how you doing? Oh, uh, <laughs> days, man. Like, yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 exactly. no, no. Back up. Right. It was a nice day. I don't fucking care you're doing. hundred percent, man. That's, that's,
1: a, that's, a, that's how we do over here on the East Coast, at least. Yeah, yeah. man.
2: That's the Irish and oh. folks coming over. It's that Celtic spirit <laughs> you got on over the way. That ass.
0: Yeah. I really like those whole sort of lyrical themes you have on Computer Warrior because it's relevant. Mm-hmm. It's just as relevant now yeah. in 2022 as it was a few years ago when you wrote the song, and God, it's worse, I, man. It's yeah. fucking worse yeah, I realize we're retreading a little bit of the same territory as the interview you had with Feckin' Metal, but this song, was, it really slayed, <laughs> So I want more people to know about it. This is it. a
2: refresher course. <laughs> and just just for the whole the whole album is, I did make a conscious effort to write lyrics that were not about dragons or rainbows or warrior, well, apart from computer warrior, <laughs> fuck Um, (laughs) Different kind of warrior A conscious effort to to, Yeah (laughs) Not the literal kind It was more of a Metaphorical kind of warrior So The whole album Everything on that album Is real It's, It's literally me Looking out of That window over there And telling you what I see And what Looking around me Like the very The small microcosm Of where I Where I live In the world And telling stories about that To me that's just So much more interesting Than you know Songs about like Viking burials and shit As heavy metals We've written songs about that We've done that There's not many bands In the heavy metal genre The traditional heavy metal genre That are writing real shit Yeah Um, And I I get that Because there's A lot of it's like an escapism thing And Writing songs about Fast cars and loose women I guess is interesting to a point If you're in your 20s and shit But to me Just I want to say I want to actually say something And leave some kind of legacy behind that you can read and be like, right, that's what he was thinking at that particular time. That was what was going on in the world.
1: I love that, actually, that it's a little more, see, like, it's a little more personal because that comes from a lived experience of you and your eldest son and having to deal with, you know, sort of the ramifications of social media. And, you know, a lot of, especially in heavy metal, there's a tendency to make things very grandiose. And to sort of like, yes, and yeah. to, wait, what'd you say, George? I said fantasy esque. Yes. and to like elevate yeah. that to like, sort of like a, like a transcendent level, but you know, and to have some sort of like greater social commentary, but there's no need to really. It's like with computer warrior, you're telling sort of a localized story, but it's in a format that, mm-hmm. you know, across the board, people can relate to it, but it doesn't have to be, you know, so
2: monumental. It really doesn't, man. You can tell so many stories about. There's literally song like the song "Caged" on the album, is describes an underpass that goes from the small town where I live to the town just above, and you know the street lights that illuminate it, and it's just literally that's that's never been in a heavy song before. That's, that's unique, <laughs> never. To you. It's it's bringing that lyrics down to like literally your experience, and not not you looking at something or reading something. You've seen it, like literally it happening that day and writing a fucking song about it. It's an an interesting exercise just as a writer to be able to do that, like take this event that's happened and turn it into a song. So yeah, carry on, George, what were you going to say?
0: Yeah, I think you hit on kind of a niche that is, it's a little more significant than you might give it credit for because when you're talking about like day-to-day life events, your listener is a normal person just like you and they might have encountered something just like that you might have dealt with some jerk off online saying nasty things to you so computer warrior could be relatable and for me personally like i've battled insomnia in my (laughs) life and you have of course a song (laughs) insomnia some of those lyrics you would not have feel we would not
2: be having this conversation if insomnia didn't exist because i wrote my whole discography at two o'clock in the morning
0: (laughs) man i relate to it because that's when the kids are in bed you got these lyrics in insomnia like fighting sleep there is no time moving mountains i must climb you know like that's sort of like how you feel when it's like oh i don't want to go to bed i want to keep like doing this stuff like there's there's this game i want to play or i want to keep hanging out with my friends it's like fuck it i'll sleep when i'm dead but and then you sort of Get yourself into a dead sleep pattern you can't recover from. You wake up fucking dead.
1: That was a mistake. King of the
3: Twilight.
2: Yeah, that's, that's all my albums are written by state. Like, cause I, I do all the dad stuff first and wait till the kids are in bed and then clean the house a little bit. And then whatever shit you need to do there, spend a little bit of time with the Messies by that time it's like 11, 12 mm-hmm. o'clock at night. So then the guitar comes out and then you start writing, start writing the best, recording shit. Till I don't two, know what it morning. is
1: about artists and creative types, but there's something about the nighttime that makes the creative process so much more, intimate and um what's the word i'm looking for it's just a lot more personal for some reason and i don't know what specifically that is
2: because everyone's in bed it's literally as simple as that like i can't i can focus because i don't have a studio to i've got my living room so it's a it's utilitarian
1: approach it's very practical
2: yeah if everyone's gone then they're in there they're in bed they're sleeping i can i can do my shit so yeah there's not it's not like there's not and it'd be lovely if there was some sort of gothic vampire mythology i could tell you about it but it's literally just a
1: <laughs> See, for my, my, in my in my approach like my spirituality it's like that's when the creative juices start flowing in like the dark of night so for two different approaches but they serve the but they serve the go. same purpose we're writing music
0: <laughs> me as an accountant i kind of view it like it's the antithesis of the whole nine to five lifestyle because you know, you're in bed by like 11 or 12, so you can get up at 7 or 8 to go to the yeah. office. And if you're up late at night, then you're sort of rebelling against the common work schedule of society. That's how I kind of see
2: and it. That would be cool if you could sleep yeah. the day, though. That would, be, that would be cool, but I'd do the night yeah, and 5. Do-
0: <laughs> if I could do my job from like <laughs> 3 p.m. to midnight, I totally would. Straight up. Because I sort of yeah. feel better when I'm ne- when I'm not. Yeah, grown. man. I feel like I'm naturally naturally built There's that way. There's people at my uh, job yeah. that they start work at
1: 1 a.m. and then they're done at like yeah, dude, it's wild. And then they're done at 9 a.m. and you know that might work for some people, but it's not for me, man. I'm perfectly okay waking up at 6:30 in the morning.
2: Uh, yeah, the other way it appeals to me. Six thirty in the morning is not a good time to be alive.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean for me, it's well. better than what it used to be, which was six a.m. So you know, like I my my yeah, commute, man. I was commuting from New Jersey to New York on a daily basis. It was terrible. So now you know, my commute is twenty minutes. So I actually have time in the morning to like eat
2: breakfast, and you know, yeah, yeah that's like having breakfast. I would, ne- I would never work more than like half an hour away from my house. And that's, yeah, that's man, me that's done.
1: Up, straight up. No way. Terrible. So
2: yeah. Spending half your half your day
1: working. And yeah. Like, and so. you're not getting paid for You're not getting Fuck paid that. for your commute, man. So. Mm-mm.
2: Mm-mm. Nope.
1: So yeah, well, things are definitely looking, at least on that little front, I can say that things are definitely getting better.
2: Yeah, man. Definitely. She'd write that, a song about
1: it. Write a song yeah, about the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just—I'll—I'll I'll call, I'll call it something. I don't know. I'll throw the word commute in there somewhere. I'm like, hey, listen, yeah, that's man. an experience though, and that's something that a lot—a lot of people of could is. relate to. They could find a lot of meaning in that. So,
2: I—I I, I think so, man. That's def- thats definitely where I go with lyric wise. Now, you—you'll you'll not hear an oath song that has anything fantastical about it. Oh, there will be no—no no demons
1: no angels in ah,
2: the rainbows. damn yeah see, i love happen.
1: all of those things those are things
2: that unless, yeah, unless you're not going to do
1: it better than Dio, D.O. you might as well means. do it your yeah own. Yes. like my guitar teacher yeah. always told me that you'll never you're never going to do slayer better than slayer or pantera better than pantera so don't try to be slayer or pantera do you yeah man yeah there's uh, a lot of musicians need to hear yeah that, A lot of fans need to hear that. It's true because, man, no one can be you better than you. So you might as well do you. Exactly,
2: It's your unique selling point.
1: Another thing I heard, another little um, sort of maybe a colloquialism is like, you know, yes, that story has been told, but it hasn't been told by you. Yeah, exactly. Because
2: you've got your own. Yeah, man. So even
1: if you think like, oh, I don't have anything special to say. Yes, you fucking do. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You You just don't really you, you just don't realize it. Yeah. 100% 100% nice. So that, that's that's kind of where I go with Talking about the lyrics again, George is That's where I'm kind of headed now Like The next album is even more Even more along those lines Computer Warrior was like a starting point, I think And this one's kind of going a little bit harder Because I think there was There was kind of lyrical topics That I kind of maybe shied away a little bit from um, For fear of maybe I don't know, alienating people a little bit But I've just kind of went Fuck it this time and and gone for it. So, probably gonna be a couple of polarizing moments on this next one, but I'd rather have that than everyone went, yeah, it's okay. I'd rather have half people going up with that guy <laughs> and half people. Yeah. I'm
0: there That's for it. Sick, because so. You have to be yourself, like you yeah. said. Yeah. And you don't wanna talk about a subject that you're not passionate about because that won't come through in the music. Yeah, absolutely. So
2: organized religion takes a hit on the next one. Oh hell yeah! Oh, dude! A, oh yeah! I'm right, ma- for it. I'm
1: about it. I'm a big fan. <laughs> that's that's gonna get us smack <laughs> in the mouth.
2: Um, and just talking about like the subject of um the political situation over here in the UK, that's going to be spoken about quite a fair bit as well. Because that's all. I mean, you guys over there have got the fucking monopoly on political chicanery, but we're pretty good at it too. So. Listen, you've got some <laughs> ideas. Dude, honestly, that could be good
0: to get a little bit of word out to sort of metalheads who might not really even know what's going on in Scotland. I mean, I'll be honest, like here over in the States, we have this media machine that has a 24 hour news cycle and it's telling you what's going on with. Uh, congress doing whatever dumb thing they're doing and they're not really telling us a whole lot about what's going on in other parts of the world
2: that's that's universal man you won't hear news on the news no fucking <laughs> you just ain't gonna hear it i'm they ain't gonna tell you i'm gonna, you gonna remember that forever this... you're not gonna
1: hear news on the news <laughs> Fuck no. you'll hear what they ask though hear. it's true in america at least you know a lot of bands have like they've got they've written albums that are commentaries on our current situation. I'm definitely interested to see a Scottish perspective on what's happening on your side of the globe.
2: For specifically, like man, like I don't know if you guys, you guys are probably not familiar with UK politics, but our the prime minister we have, Boris Johnson, is is a fucking yeah, he's a fucking (laughs) clown, man. But we continually vote for fucking clowns. We have yeah, (laughs) it's just the but the way the voting system works over in the UK is very, very centered towards a divide, like a north-south divide. Um, and it's very pronounced it's been and i feel it's, it's gone more that way in recent years politically people generally are generally in, in the north will vote a certain way and people in the south will vote a certain way but because of the way the system works the people in the south generally get their way yeah. in power so we the rest of us have to deal with the shit
1: yeah so, we have we have uh, something very similar in the u.s
0: right in fact people they oversimplify it a little bit by saying in the U.S., it's northern states versus southern states, but like if you look a little deeper into the data, it actually suggests it's more like urban city folk versus suburban and rural folk. Because urban, all right, okay, urban people in major cities like New York and San Francisco and L.A. They'll vote a certain way, whereas people outside major cities will tend to vote a different way. So, mm-hmm. you there's a big divide in the U.S. Obviously, and anyone who has even a passing familiarity will probably know it. It's gotten very bad. And that's why computer warrior is so relevant because now people are going off on social media with yeah. all of their sort of crazy rants and <laughs> refusing to even sort of talk to people who believe anything different. And when you confront them, yeah, when you confront them and you disagree, like, you could very easily be disregarded because people will dig in their heels. And that's just the sort of divided and polarized society that we live in. And computer warrior, like I said, man, for that reason, it's still very relevant.
2: Yeah, you know what? I'm sure I haven't imagined this. I definitely remember a time where you could have a conversation in in a pub with someone who had completely different political views from you. And still have a civil conversation and still listen to what they had to say without having a shit show on the internet. It's and that's that's what's missing mm-hmm. from society as I see it just now, is like there's no there's no conversation, there's no halfway ground, there's no like compromise or meeting of mind, it's just my way yeah. the right way. No, my way is the right way. Right. And there's no you can't have a conversation with anyone anymore. I
0: think like yeah, it's so if you have like even a basic understanding of society, you can look at social media and you can see pretty clearly how it encourages sort of anti social behavior in these oh, yeah. cyber bullies and computer type people. And before anyone calls me an old man in a cloud, uh, yelling at uh, a cloud, yes, we use social media yeah, too. Yeah. But we understand, oh, like, yeah, of course, we understand we the good and bad. of it. <laughs> right. But like, I think a, a quote
2: from Mike Tyson I read recently actually was that people have gotten very familiar with saying what the fuck they want without the fear. Of I cannot the believe you them. just said that because I was thinking the
1: same thing is that there's no like social ramification to just being a complete fuck to somebody, you know, like if I ever met like you in person and like just, just a stranger, and i just started calling them a fucking idiot for their political views dude yeah i'm getting knocked the fuck out but you know because the those sort of cultural societal barriers don't exist on the internet people are very okay with like lambasting one another and just really yeah. going for the throat with you know their sort of righteous indignation
0: yeah. right And it's a learned psychological behavior because, Mm -hmm. like I said, with social media encouraging antisocial behavior, that's not really an opinion. That's just how it is. Because when a bully says something hurtful to someone face to face, the bully has to see the facial expressions and the body language of the person they hurt. And Mm -hmm. when you're behind a computer screen, you don't. So no. the bullies brains, they're not receiving any negative feedback. They don't have sight into the way that their words can hurt people. And it leads to a continuous cycle where the cyber bullies become steadily more antisocial because they're never forced to confront the pain that they cause others. And as a result, they don't have any opportunity to ever develop remorse for their actions.
2: Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. There's some
1: terrifying implications in what you just said, you know? Yeah. That's a lot to chew on.
0: But we will learn to live with the society that we're in, just like anything else. You know, it's, it's sort of a Pandora's box that you can't close. Like, it's just Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. They're part of our society. It's part of how we live. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, to one extent or another, you still can have something
1: of a discourse. You know, I have a buddy of mine who... We could not. We are at polar ends of the political spectrum, and we have you know conversations person to person that are perfectly amicable. Where like I listen to him, and I'm re- I really chew on what he's saying, and I can tell that when I say something to him, he sits there and like thinks through it. Like, and you know that's perfectly okay. I mean, I'm not sure if that's as broad of a spectrum as it used to be because you know he's someone that I know. He's a friend of mine. It's not just like a person that you might meet out in the open. So maybe that's like sort of a microcosm, you know? Probably,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's finding good people to interact with. And that's, you know, if you're trying to compare it to old times, that's no different than going out to a pub and it's a place you've been to for the very first time and everyone there is depressed and angry and down And you get the sense that the environment in that bar makes you uncomfortable. So it's like, you know, maybe I'll go to a different bar and maybe I'll like the people there better. The the internet is just a massive bar
2: that everyone's in and can say whatever they want with no Yeah, and and everyone's (laughs) drunk all the time.
3: Oh, Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. No, no oh yeah. my
1: god no all the bouncers are there too they're they called in for the yeah they're, they're drunk all too. drunk too so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Stephen, what's next for you, dude, musically? Uh well, new albums written. Fantastic. So I have been kind
2: of I've been kind of just working on. I don't know what we're going to do in terms of if I don't know if Trevor can be involved or not because he's really super busy with haunt and he reactivated Beastmaker so it might just be me this time. I'm not sure. So it might be real drums it might be programmed drums whatever and uh, people have issues with program drums not realizing how many albums are made with oh yeah drums.
1: that's 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 a fun so, discussion you like people ain't ready to have that discussion one of my another no, <laughs> a, another friend of mine is a producer <laughs> and he told me dude you would not believe me if you told me how if, if, if i told you it. how many
2: albums have synthetic drums on them they are midi drums and people move the little dots yep. at will yeah and if you don't think they do You're fucking lying to yourself <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah man I gotta say though but, like Those programmed drums They are They sound phenomenal Like way better than they did 10 years ago They sound so authentic oh, yeah
2: Yeah Absolutely now, now they do yeah And if you know how, what you're kind of doing with them So I'm kind of in the process of editing drums Just now Just in case To make sure like give this game to be released with Programmed drums And they're going to be as good as possible Um, but the rest of it's done vocals guitars all done ready to go so that'll get released at some point hopefully this year i think i think it'll be this year at some point so
0: man if it's even half as good as computer warrior i am already excited but yeah dude with the way you're talking about the lyrics being personal i'm sure it's going to be even better
2: yeah lyrically it's way it's way better I would say it's definitely more focused and a little bit more. Can I, I know what I'm wanting to say? With so, if one.
1: you don't mind me asking, are you sticking with that new wave of trad metal, or are you deviating in sound a little bit?
2: It's deviating okay, a little cool. bit. It's there's always going to be elements of it because I'm always going to be into Maiden and Priest. Yeah, so that's you're going like to the, hear a like lot the Foundation of kind of, but there's kind of you know there's there's definitely a lot of, there's a lot of synth on this. I think there's synth on sure, every track okay. actually. I um, love it with this one nice. so there, there's kind of progier elements in there as well like state prog I mean like like 70s yes. prog you're talking like King metal. Crimson not Dream Theater. Um, to an extent oh, yeah, okay. yeah 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 um, kind of eight, there's 80s probably 80s pop elements in there there's one song that's like a kind of journey oh, kind of vibe awesome. to it but not not when journey talk about like hug and kiss and I know sweet. what you're saying I get you <laughs> you know when like hug oh, okay great So there's a little bit of that in there. Very, very melodic, but still got a very punky kind of vibe to it. Like a lot of the guitars are pretty much one take. There's mistakes in there, I would imagine, but I'm leaving. I love that. Most of the solos are one takes as well. It's it's a it's a hard rock record with a punk rock spirit, I would say. That's how I would kind of categorize it, I would think. so. You're not going to hear no perfect shit. And I I listened to a lot of it and I was like, I'll go back and fix it later. Because the way I I record, I don't like make demos and then record. I just record from the ground up and build it as I'm going. I I record, I was like, I'll go back and fix that later. Then I went back and tried to fix it. And it was like, it just doesn't sound right. Like I fixed it and it sounds worse. Yeah,
1: you know, there's like two types of creatives, kind of. There's the architect and then there's the gardener. You know, you've, you're. I think you sound more of like a gardener, where it's like you plant the seed and then like you kind of like nurture it and you let it grow. Yeah,
2: let it yeah. do. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. So I've kind of let it do what it does. So there's vocals on there that are. Probably a bit out of key and out of pitch and shit, but whatever, man. It's, it's 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 what it was at the time it was recorded, and it's like a moment in time, and that's it. And I ain't gone back to fix it, so that's <laughs> that's what you, that's what you get is what came out at the time.
0: Sometimes your first take is the take that has all the passion and the energy, and yeah. there's no substitute it's, for that. Really like something really hard to note it. perfect might have less energy. And that's the version that is yeah. less fun to listen to. Yeah. And we've said this before. Just because you went and printed some tabs and you're playing the same notes that Angus Young played, it doesn't make you sound like Angus mm-hmm. Young. Like he no. was absolutely pounding the guitar strings with his hands. He was playing the songs with force, and yeah. you don't replicate that just by playing the same. No, notes. You don't. You you exactly, don't replicate
1: right. the passion and the heart that went into the song you can you can absolutely you know recreate the structure but you'll never be able to recreate the
2: soul definitely definitely so yeah so that's the new one so, so i'm excited about it i'm really excited about it i think it's going to be for me it's going to be a bit way better than mm. computer warrior But like I, said, I think some people are probably going to be a little bit taken aback by some elements mm. of it but i'm good with that i'm going to develop and change as i go on you're not going to hear the same record made 10 yeah, times man, definitely
1: stagnation is death
2: but you know yeah it's it's not gonna happen because it doesn't have to happen because nobody's paying me yeah to yeah dude
0: oh man well we didn't talk about judas priest a whole lot but that's okay but <laughs> uh, sort of the the point of these episodes yeah. is just to uh, get a good talk about metal going and try and introduce you and Oath to some more of the Priest fans. One of the comments that we've gotten a couple of times is, if I like Judas Priest, do you dudes know any other bands that you would like? And man, Oath is definitely one of the first names that came to mind. So I'm really, yeah, I'm really excited to sort of bring listeners a little spotlight on you, Computer Warrior, the stuff that you're working on next. I hope they like it. I hope you get some listens out of it. And, hey, man, tell our listeners where they can find you and get in touch with you. You can find me on Spotify and iTunes, but
2: please don't, because <laughs> fuck those guys. You can find me on, if you're going to listen, listen on Bandcamp. You can you can listen to it for free on Bandcamp as well. Stream it, get the app right. and whatever. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram. I think I might have a Twitter, but I'm never on there. Like I don't even know where to start <laughs> with Twitter. And... I recently got TikTok, but fuck that. That's oh, horrible. That's oh horrible. app. God. Yeah.
3: We, ain't, we yeah. ain't doing
2: that. <laughs> so yeah, Oath, Oath SC. So, SC stands for Scotland because I think there's... Oh, You're good. There you are. There's a lot of other oaths. So it was either put Oath UK or something else. And I didn't want UK there for reasons that will become apparent if you yeah. listen to the next record. Um, so, so it's S-C. Right. SC for Scotland. Oath SC, Instagram, Facebook fucking Bandcamp. camp email me message me i'll talk to you
0: yeah oh, man nice. yeah and if you talk <laughs> to steven on facebook like we said he will respond i've talked to him before uh yeah, so good dude, shit. Good <laughs> sense of humor so i'm really glad we had you on this show and we will we'll have the links in the episode description to your band camp so that people can check you out more awesome
1: All right, gentlemen, this has been a lot of fun. You know, we're in, we're almost two and a half hours in at this point, I think. So, yeah, holy cow. Yeah, yeah, really?
0: Me and Tom were on Zoom a little bit before we got here, just hanging out because, you know, we're buddies. And sometimes when we can't see each other in person, this is just our way to hang out. Sometimes this is as good as it gets. So, Uh, there you go this is as good as it gets that's gonna sit that's gonna sit right hey hey, there's no other judas priest podcast you're stuck with us guys (laughs) all right guys hey thanks so much for listening to us chat about some metal i hope you guys are gonna check out oath we're gonna leave you a song to play out this episode with and hey man thanks so much for spending your time with us too
2: Stay locked in and keep defending the face. That was beautiful, dude.
0: (laughs) All right. That's it, guys and gals. Thanks again for hanging with us for such a long time. We hope you enjoyed the chat. Next episode is coming February 11th, as promised, for the Stained Class anniversary. And you can check out more of Oath SC on Bandcamp. The website is oathone.bandcamp.com. I'll drop a link in the episode description. You can stream it for free. And if you like what you hear, maybe consider supporting an independent artist by picking up his album for the price of going out to lunch, if you're so inclined to do so. And I'm going to leave you with what I think is his best song, So I'll play you out with a song we talked about quite a bit in this episode, you guessed it, this is Computer Warrior. Enjoy everyone!